Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Miss Caroline. And I'm Travis. And today we are going to be doing a podcast that we're really excited about. This is going to be a Hoopla Best of Graphic Novels podcast. <laughs> so, yes, if you are familiar with Hoopla, it is an awesome app that has a digital collection of ebooks and e audiobooks, but it also has comics and graphic novels that I think are really well formatted. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can see the pictures very clearly. You can zoom in and see the words very clearly. I love reading comics on Hoopla. So we have some of our favorites. Um, we've both broken them up a little bit into like kids, teen, and adults because it sounds like we both have some that are gonna be gonna be some a very adult, very adult ones. <laughs> so I think we'll just jump right in with with our favorites. Do you want to go first? Excellent. Okay. Should we start with? Should we go uh, kid first? Sure. And we'll then work. In. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll go the shallow end before yes. we jump into the deep end. Exactly. Okay. So I think the two that I have for um, kids uh, graphic novels are two that I know that you love as well. Uh, and one is on your list, I know for sure. So the first one is El Defo by C.C. <gasps> Bell, Yay! which was a Battle of the Books book, right? Yep, yep. Which is so cool. Um, so it's an amazing graphic novel. I love it for a million reasons, but one is Roanoke, Virginia, where I'm from, is oh. a place there. She moves to Roanoke. Oh, I didn't know that. And I freaked out because I, I never see Roanoke in a, like, and I was like, wait a minute, that's Roanoke. I know it can't that be place. Virginia. I'm from there. I see this. Uh, so very cool. Uh, so basically, um, El Defo is about um, a girl who is, I guess, uh, hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's... Um, she goes through life maybe like it's like er, like later onset when she's younger i can't it's been a while since i've read it yeah she she's not born hard of hearing i believe that she gets sick and it That's exacerbates it her hearing loss okay yeah um but yeah she's she can hear with the help of a hearing aid right and it's like i think this is in the 80s so it's mm -hmm. like it's like a special type of like hearing aid that's kind of like a little more bulky and cumbersome than modern it almost uh, looks like a Walkman. Yeah, for sure. And so she is in, uh, I want to say like middle school, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Um, and she also loves like superheroes and like she's just an amazing character. So it's kind of, you know, dealing with issues of wearing this like, you know, because she, she stands out a little bit in the in the kids. And they, I think some kids make fun of her and it's just mm -hmm. hard for her to make uh, friends. Um, there's a lot of humor, though, a whole lot of heart in there, and it's about, like, a lot of things that we all deal with, you know, like um, going to school, having to, yeah. like, like trying to fit in at that time. Being different. Being different, right, and how do you deal with that, and, like, and just friendship, and spoiler alert, but she does find, like, a friend, like, eventually, <laughs> and they're, like, the best friends, and it's just so It's a good. wonderful friendship, too. Like, you really, like, cheer for her once she makes this friend. Like, yes. you're so excited that this person's in her life. Definitely. Yeah, and it's autobiographical. Yeah, it's a memoir. CC, yeah. yeah, it's a memoir. Um, C.C. Bell, the author, um, is writing it as, basically as herself. But I love El Defo, too, because the characters are drawn as bunnies. Oh, yeah. And I... They never really say why she's a bunny, but I'm sure that it's because bunnies have big ears. And so it really, like, emphasizes that she can't... Like, she is experiencing hearing loss and, like ears are important in her story so yeah i love el defo it's so good it's a quick read too mm -hmm. like i would recommend it it's in the juvenile nonfiction section 
I'd recommend it for any age group. Yeah, it's I so agree. good. Oh, I love LDAP. Me too. <laughs> so good. Well, another one, or one, one of mine that I don't think you've read, but I know you would love. I just read through all of the Over the Garden Wall oh, graphic gosh. novels. I believe they're technically comics, but oh my gosh, if you have never seen Over the Garden Wall, I highly recommend it. It is just this really sweet, very fall-themed, like, whimsical show that was formerly on Cartoon Network, now is on streaming services. But the comics and graphic novels kind of spin off the story on, like, the main story. So it's two brothers who get lost in the woods and encounter all kinds of weird things along the way. (laughs) Weird creatures, weird characters, weird places. It is just such a fun graphic novel. And the series there's 20 of them i read them all oh, wow i didn't know there was that they're many. fairly short okay. they're fairly short i want to say they're like 30 pages but the graphic novels it was fun because they split the story so the first like 10 pages 10 to 15 pages are about wirt and greg the original characters from over the garden wall and then the latter 15 10 to 15 pages are a character who we saw in the show I can't remember her name now. She's the woodcutter's daughter. Oh. oh so it's hard to tell if this is like a prequel or a like follow up to the show. Okay. I'm still not really sure, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's really fun. If you like comics, this is like the book to read. The, the pictures are really fun. The story's really fun. Um, Wirt and Greg are just really enjoyable characters. And uh-huh. if you've never watched the show, Elijah Wood plays it's Wirt. Elijah Wood. And then I think Christopher Lloyd yep. is one of the characters yep. in there, which I was so happy that that was... <laughs> Such a good show. And if you if you have watched the show and you've never read the graphic novels, a lot of characters pop back up from the show. So Ooh. I highly recommend those. And they have some like offshoot. Like there's the main 20, but then they have some special comics that I have to pick up still. But... Very fun. Awesome. Such a good one. Oh, I'm totally going to do that now. Uh, let's see. So I guess I will go into teen next. Uh, uh, okay, spoiler alert. I have not actually finished this whole series, <laughs> but I have started it, and there is a new Amazon show that just came out like this Ooh. weekend, I think. Oh, or wow. the airing, uh, end of March. Uh, Invincible by Robert Kirkman. Ooh. Uh, okay, so I started reading these on Hoopla, and then I stopped for whatever reason, and then I just came back to them because I saw I was like, oh, the show's coming, and it's such a such a cool thing. So uh, Invincible is basically about, uh, I think his name's Mark Grayson. Uh, he's a superhero, and his dad is like Superman, I think. Oh. Like he's he's from like an alternate, I think an alternate universe or something. And where everyone there, they, it's like a, a utopic society. It's like everything is nice and wonderful, and everybody just has uh, super strength. They can fly, like oh, all these things. I know. It's like I want to be there. Yeah, I want to be super. <laughs> uh, and so he like like is a part of this group that like looks at different worlds, and he's like, okay. And they try to like go and like help those worlds become the best possible versions of themselves. Hmm. So he finds Earth. Um, he uh, the council is like, Earth is not. Ugh, this not ain't it. No, it's like, <laughs> we're gonna have to skip this one. Oh no, uh, they're not advanced enough. But he like falls in love with Earth, um, and so he ends up like he's like, all right, I'm gonna go potentially forever and just live on Earth and protect it, and because I, I value it so much, and he kind of falls in love with it. Um, he ends up getting married. 
he saves his wife like from like some kind of super villain and they meet and they have a son and that's our main character mark who is at the very beginning he's just discovering like he's in probably 15 or 16 years old He's just discovering, like, his powers. Oh, cool. Uh, which is super awesome. So, like, he and his dad now are, like, teaming up to, like, fight villains. It's like, there's, like, a team superhero group. Oh, fun. It's so fun. Um, it's kind of a really fun play on superhero stuff, too. Like, it's a genre that I'm relatively familiar with. Um, but I think it makes it just kind of fresh and interesting. It's almost like... I want to say like a satire of it, but not like that directly. It's kind of okay. just commenting on a lot of like superhero tropes and things like that. Fun. Um, but it's it's a very long series as well. If you're familiar with Robert Kirkman's other work, The Walking Dead, uh, it's long. It's oh, really long. Oh, yeah. A lot of wild stuff happens. Yeah, that one did not make my list. <laughs> I gave up like probably halfway through Me The Walking too. Dead compendiums. Like yeah. I was, I was, I skipped straight over the individual comics and just went straight for the compendiums yep. and really gassed myself out on those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds really fun. Uh, it is. They're super good so far. Nice. Uh, well, back to kids, and I know that this is on your list because we both really like this one. I forgot it. New oh. Kid. Yes, how can I forget Kraft. it? Oh my gosh, New Kid is a great graphic novel. Um, the sequel, New uh, Oh Class, Class Act, Act. Uh. Class Act, is not on Hoopla, but it is also very good. Um, it is all about this boy who is the new kid at his high school or middle school. I think they're freshmen in high school, yeah. maybe like eighth graders. So, yeah. Um, and just like the struggle of being the new kid and he doesn't quite fit in or at least he doesn't think he fits in. And it's got elements of being just in general, being the new kid, but he's also, there's this added layer because he's black and he is going to what seems to be like a very elite private school and so people have a perception of him because of where he lives and because of his race. And Jerry Craft just so perfectly like develops and talks about the struggles of kids who are black having to code switch. He talks a lot about code switching, yes. which I thought was really impressive. Um, talks a lot about just like the struggle of being a new kid and being a black kid having to kind of adapt or interwork a very white, predominantly white environment. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And I thought that that was really well done. And I was really surprised by like how deep both New Kid and Class Act were. Oh, for sure. And they talk like a lot, which I think I was kind of blown away by the discussion of like microaggressions. Like that was like, seemed like such a, like a pivotal part of those works. I was yeah. just very blown away. I remember re- I read a quote by Jerry Craft saying that like he wrote New Kid and Class Act because it's like these were the books that I wanted to read when I was a kid and I couldn't find anything that like represented my experience. Yeah. Super cool. Amazing book. I can't I believe I forgot that. it. I but. know. And I just think it's so awesome that I mean that is like that quote perfectly encompasses like why we talk about diverse books and why we promote diverse books because yeah because like being an adult you wish that there were books that told you about these things. Right. They were you know, obviously, I'm just a white lady, but <laughs> so my experience is written about a lot. But there are so many kids whose experiences don't get written out enough. Right. So I love that book. I thought it was really, really great, um, and it was one of our summer reading program prizes last yeah, year. So that yeah. was my prize. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I think I really we both give that. That was a strong five out of five. Yeah, for oh, sure. Easy. On the yeah. good reads. Yep, very easy. 
Uh, okay, let's see. Do I have any more teens? I think I go straight for adult. Oh, no. Um, okay, so I'll, right, this is kind of like teen-ish into adult. Um, so I have three series by the same author. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn is one of my like favorite just authors, period. Um, but there's three that I really want to mention. A Saga series, mm -hmm. uh, the Paper Girls series, oh, I've heard which about I that think one. that would almost, well... It's pretty graphic. I want to say, like, a lot of Brian K. Vaughn's uh, stuff is mixed with this, like, heartfelt, emotional core, but with some things you're like, this is some of the wildest stuff I've ever <laughs> heard of and seen, and it's quite graphic, I will say. Yeah. And the other one is Why the Last Man. Oh. Uh, which is amazing. So, okay, Saga is basically about, that's a very adult one. Uh, it's kind of like this interplanetary war between people who live on the moon and there's some people on Earth. There's these robots who have TVs for heads. Oh. Um, there's like, <laughs> it's, it, it's a lot of things like that. I, I don't even t know what the story necessarily is. Essentially, it's uh, the daughter of two of these from the different like warring groups. Um, they like fall in love and they have a child. So the whole story is kind of like the child telling, like, this is how my parents met. Oh. And this is like, and then as it goes on, you kind of get like, her name is Hazel, I believe. And it's like, oh, this is when I was born. Here I am. So you're almost, it's like a, a prequel to the like actual story that's coming. But one of the most affecting, incredible, just like, I, I want to say breathtaking. It sounds like a little cliche, but it's just like, there's so many times I'm reading it. And I'm just like, <gasps> What? That happened, that or this character really died, or this. Oh, it's so good. Um, Paper Girls is. Um, I honestly, I can't exactly tell you what happened. <laughs> it's it's so wild, but there's time travel, and it's like these um, twelve year old um, girls who are like have a paper route, so they all meet like doing paper route, and then they time travel. There's adult versions interacting with the kids. It's 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 very wild. That's cool. And then why the last man is um, basically all the men on earth die except one. Oh. <laughs> it's super oh fascinating. So he's kind of the main character and we don't know why that happened and it's just like so what happens to society when that event takes place. Interesting. Incredibly interesting. All three are just like amazing. I would highly recommend them all for sure. Those sound super good. Yeah, I definitely, I've seen Paper Girls before, but yeah. I feel like Saga has been around for a long time. Definitely. So I, yeah, I need to get into those. Those all sound really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do two of them because I'm still in kids. <laughs> uh, I recently read Sheets by Brianna Thumler. And I thought that that was so good. It's about a girl whose mother has recently passed away and in passing away has kind of left her family a little bit in shambles. Um, her dad is really depressed, doesn't really like help out. Um, is like just too sad to even really do anything. And they have this laundromat. And so um, Marjorie, the main character, is kind of left in charge of taking care of the laundromat, going to school, making sure her little brother goes to school, making sure her brother's taken care of. And everybody thinks she's kind of weird, um, partially because of that, partially because she's just so busy taking on adult things, um, but also because she's just kind of quiet. Um, there's implications throughout the book that she's afraid of water, she's afraid to swim. Um, so I don't want to spoil anything there, but that that 
ties into the story. And then on the opposite side of the story, we're also learning about a little boy who's a ghost. And, like, he is experiencing, like, being a ghost for the first time and, like, learning the rules of being a ghost. And he interacts with Marjorie and kind of kind of makes a mess of her life a little bit. Um, but once they meet and start to interact and start to understand each other, it gets really, really good. Um, Delicates, the second book in that series, just came out. And I've only just started it on Hoopla, but I already love it. Um, it's a lot of fun and a lot of the same, like, it grows. There's some new themes and delicates that Sheets doesn't touch on. But, of course, I can't even say because it would be a spoiler. Uh, so, highly recommend both of those. Same characters and delicates? Is it like a Same t- characters, okay. yeah. So, this cool. was Sheets is uh, Marjorie in seventh grade. And then Delicates picks up, like, summer between seventh and eighth grade. So, kind of going through, like, the... Like, oh, eighth grade, we're almost high schoolers. Like, we're top dogs at school now. So kind of experiencing that and, like, yeah, it's interesting. interesting. I thought it was – it's really, really good. And then Anything by Terry Liebenson. She does, like, The Invisible Emmy. Um, all the other titles are slipping my mind at the moment. But everything is, like, an adjective and then a name. And I thought that those are all really fun. All of those characters tie into one another. So if you read one, you should definitely read the others. They're all on Hoopla in – Various ways. I mentioned Invisible Emmy because I know that that one is a graphic novel, but some of them are audiobooks. Oh, okay. And I've never read, I've never read a graphic novel as an audiobook. That's really fascinating, actually. I would love to hear if it's like multiple narrators interacting. I don't yeah. really know. Interesting. So we'll have to we'll touch we'll touch back on that yeah. one. <laughs> I feel like I have to come back to that. Uh, oh, should I do my teen ones? Oh yes, so that's we can I'm, just I'm get straight, straight into the adult. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So my teen ones, um, March by John Lewis was such an incredible graphic novel series. It's three graphic novels all about the civil rights movement in the 1960s and kind of leading up to the march across the bridge in Selma um, with Martin Luther King and John Lewis and like all the big notable um, civil rights leaders. And, oh my gosh, it is so good. It's such a thorough history of the civil rights movements and the freedom rides. And it's told from the perspective of someone who was actually there. So I thought yeah, that that was really great. For sure. Um, they were really, really interesting. And then it actually came up again in a class that I'm taking right now. So I was like, oh, I've read those. Oh. I love those graphic <laughs> novels. And then uh, my last two for teens are, they're kind of related Um, One is called A Quick and Easy Guide to Queer and Trans Identities by Maddie G. Um, And that one talks about queer and trans identities, if you couldn't tell from the title. (laughs) And uh, just kind of, it's a nice, like, gentle way to introduce you if you're not familiar with the queer and trans community. Um, Just like a nice way to introduce you to a lot of the basic terminology and a lot of the things that are tough for people who are not familiar with that to understand. And then the other one that's similar to that is A Quick and Easy Guide to They, Them Pronouns by Archie Bongiovanni. I liked that one a lot because this is someone who uses those pronouns and can speak to why they're important. So, love those too. Definitely. Yeah, and it's just like hearing like our list so far, it is kind of amazing because I know we've done mostly kids and teens, but it's amazing like, I mean... With adults, I mean, I'm sure, like, you read a book and it, like, impacts you so much. But in, like, as a kid and a teen, like, it's such a tumultuous time filled with all kinds of, like, books can be such a salve and such a, like, 
like a learning thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just like just looked like wow, these books really get into some like really deep, important, meaningful yeah. things. Yeah, I remember as a kid sometimes thinking like I am the only kid yes. experiencing this. Right. And obviously, as an adult, you look back and you're like, well, you know, that's not true. Like <laughs> so many kids experience these things together, together alone. You know, like they know right. that. There are other kids out there, but they don't know that there's kids going through the same things they are. So it's so important for books to reflect that experience. Yeah. As adults, it's like, I know you pay bills. I know I pay bills. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, aside from, you know, unique stressors, adults experience a lot of the same stress. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so important that we have these things for kids. Definitely. Oh, I lied. I do have some more teens. (gasps) Give us the teen. Okay, so these are, I'm looking at my list, the rest of these I think are superhero things. Um, (laughs) But these are really great. Um, It's the Teen Titans series uh, by Cami Garcia. And I think she's going to write like, oh, so the, the first one is Raven. The second one is Teen Titans Beast Boy. I love Beast Boy. Uh, I know. Honestly, like, I wasn't super familiar with the Teen Titans, but I was like, okay, this will be something to read. It's like I heard great reviews. It was on a lot of lists of, like, best of the year, and both are incredible. Oh. Basically, or, origin stories. Um, Raven, her uh, mother passes away, like, really unexpectedly. I think, like, in a car crash. Um and so she's like has to go live with the foster family and she's dealing with she, I think she's in high school having to deal with all these emotions on top of having like you know these powers that like manifest in times where like she can't really control it as of this juncture oh, okay uh, which is kind of like uh you know it's I think a lot of people can relate to those mm-hmm. things just like the swinging emotions of your teens yes. you know oh. uh, and then beast boy is pretty much the same um his origin story where he's just getting to like basically he takes his parents have like taken he may, he has to take these pills all the time he doesn't know why but he's like oh i've always taken them always will but he eventually stops and so he gets like he can talk to animals ah. and it gets like all these like the strength like it's so cool. They're both interconnected. I think there's a third one. It's not on Hoopla as of yet, but it's like Beast Boy loves Raven or Raven loves Beast Boy or Aww. something. It's such... Oh, I want to read it so bad. Um, but both of those I would highly recommend. They're super fun. The art is incredible. Um, very diverse, which I love. Just very, very excellent stories. For That's sure. Awesome. Check them out. I love it. I loved Teen Titans as a kid. Like Watched it. I think it was on Before School, so I always watched it Before School. But Beast Boy and Raven were my favorite, so I definitely need to pick that up. Yeah. Okay, well now... Well, okay, hold on. I'll do my one not graphic... (laughs) (laughs) My one not graphic adult graphic novel. Um, It's hard to find on Hoopla because it's called Everyone's an Alien When You're an Alien 2 by Johnny Sun. But for whatever reason, it's never truly explained in the book. Um, Johnny Sun spells alien A-L-I-B. E-B-N, so like Aliab, Aliabnin? I don't know. <laughs> now I sound goofy, so I don't know what it says. Um, so everyone's an alien when you're an alien too. And I just thought that it was absolutely like so heartwarming and so precious. And it's about this little alien that lands on a planet. And like it's all in black and white, so you're never really sure if this is Earth. But you can assume from like the interactions and some of the things that the alien experiences that like these are things that humans on Earth could relate to. Um, and just like the kind of 
weird things that this alien experiences that are so foreign to him that are so normal to us and like kind of feeling alone, feeling isolated, but realizing that like when everyone's alone, aren't you kind of together? So it it was interesting. It's been a long time since I've read it, but I really loved it. Um, And if you can get past alien being spelled (laughs) A-L-I-E-B-N, it's a really enjoyable book because throughout the book, words are spelled differently than you would expect them to be. Interesting. Okay. So it, it trips your brain up just a little bit where you're like, I don't think I'm reading English. Yeah. But this is also not a language I recognize. <laughs> but it was fun. It's a really, really sweet book. And um, I think, I might be wrong, I think Jomney's son wrote a book with Lin-Manuel Miranda, too. Oh. A poetry book. I'll need to look. Okay. I know Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote a poetry book, yeah. but I don't, I can't remember if it was Jomney's <laughs> son. I think, I, I feel like I've read something else by them, so I'll have to look. But. Interesting. That's really cool. Because I've, I've seen that title before. Yeah. And it's immediately like, Okay, I'm intrigued by this. Right, alien. that? (laughs) It's really cool. It's a big graphic novel too. Like it's a, it's a hefty book. Yeah. Yes. So that is the last of mine that are wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and to get into the really um, from here on out, um, is there a parental advisory? (laughs) Yeah, it's like like a content warning. Yeah, content warning. Um, okay, speaking of ridiculous series or ridiculous graphic novels that are like huge in size, um, the Sandman series by Ooh. Neil Gaiman. Oh, Neil Gaiman. I okay. So spoil. I have not actually read all of these either, but I love Neil Gaiman so much that he could write it literally anything, and I'm he like, I will dictionary. read it. He could write the dictionary. I'm like <laughs> Neil, great job. This is really you intriguing. Did it, Neil. <laughs> you did it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. I'll be honest, this is another example of, like, I'm not entirely sure what the graphic novel is about. It's about so many things. So in the very first one, okay, I don't even know. So it's like, it's almost like this cult who is, like, obsessed with gaining power, like, traps the Sandman because they want, like, the power of time and dreams. or No, they're trying to get, like, another, like, a god or something. Mm. So they end up getting like the Sandman. So they trap him there for, oh my goodness, hundreds of years. Um, and so you like you who you think are the main characters are not the main characters in this thing because oh. you're like, oh okay, whoa, that's pretty. And it's a, really a testament to Neil Gaiman's writing because you're so invested. And then 50 years passes and all those people are dead and you're like, oh okay, this is actually who we're like. But no, it's none of those. Like by oh the gosh. end, he finally escapes. Spoiler alert. Um, and that's when the whole series essentially begins. Oh, cool. So he's, like, trying to, like, gain his powers back. It's, I've never, like, I, my friend had, had read it before, and I was like, look, you know, with comics, usually I kind of have, like, or you go from panel to panel, but the Sandman is, like, some of the most interesting paneling I've ever seen. Huh. And I was like, I, I don't. I'm so confused. He's like, no, that's the point. Oh. Like, you're, you're supposed to be like in this like dream world because it's all about dreams and imagination. Like, he wants you to be like a little lost. And I was like, well, it achieved because I am. But <laughs> I am also lost. so intrigued. It's, it's super good. I would highly recommend it. It's a very long series as well. That sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Well, so the one I... This one is... I'll end with my most graphic. <laughs> but content warning for this one, too. Um, it is called Kent State by Durf Back Durf. Um, and Durf was a... You get the impression that he's like a preteen. I can't remember if he says how old he is. When the um, 
Kent State protests against the Vietnam War broke out. And so it's part memoir, part historical, um, really, really interesting graphic novel. Um, and it details the days leading up to the National Guard shooting at Kent State University. So you're seeing, you're following this handful of students who have various roles in the protests that take place at Kent State. So we've got um, a guy who is in the junior ROT or the ROTC at Kent State. So has mixed feelings about the protests, has mixed feelings about the National Guard stepping in. Um, and then you've got people who are kind of neutral to it, like not really active in either side of the arguments. And then you have people who were protesters and who were like genuinely invested in the stakes of the Vietnam War and the protests taking place on campus. So you follow these characters for a couple of days as the National Guard starts coming into, um, into Kent State's campus and all the things that take place. And then it leads up to the National Guard opening fire on the campus. And it was a, a historical event that I'm familiar with, but didn't know a lot about. Like I knew it took place, but I didn't know a lot of the details. And Durf Back Durf does such a great job of detailing so much, like everything about the event, so much information about the people, like the like the key players in, in the protests and the shooting. And then just like, is so journalistic and not giving you his opinion on what he thinks happened because it's still very contentious what happened, like what actually happened. Like, was an order given to open fire? Did a group of National Guardsmen just decide amongst themselves to open fire? It's still not clear. And he doesn't tell you like, I think this is what happens, but he gives you enough information so that you can make the decision for yourself and like formulate your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, oh my gosh, it was just so good. But the content warning, he does not shy away from any of the like brutality and the graphic nature of college kids being mowed down on their own campus. Like oh it was, gosh. it was, there were times like I was, I had a hard time looking at the pictures. Wow. Um, so he, he was incredible. He did a really great job. And it's a really interesting, very like detailed look at such a short period of time. I think it was only really three or four days, maybe, maybe a week tops. Mm-hmm. So it's a really short period of time, but he really packed detail in. And it was a really interesting graphic novel. Interesting. I yeah. Like that's such a like... Kind of like, because I've seen a lot of like juvenile, like in the juvenile nonfiction that are like, um, one specific I'm thinking of is Black Heroes of the Wild West. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of like using graphic novels and images to like tell history, like, like, like the Kent State. It's like, and March even, like, yeah. Because you read about things, and not that reading can't be very affecting, but I feel like with images thrown into the mix as well, it just, it almost feels. Not more powerful, but like powerful in a different way. If mm-hmm. that makes it's like just like oh, you're you're seeing, I mean, a representation of the events, but still, like that's like oh, you're like oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it harder. Yeah, I agree. It's and it's something that if that had been available to us when I was a kid yes. or when we were kids, right? I would have been so I would have gravitated towards so hard 100%. because. We talked about this in our Pop Sugar podcast. Yeah. But I was the kind of kid that just drove headlong into things that scared me. and But I was also a huge history buff. Like, I've always been a huge 
history nerd and I have a bachelor's in history. Like this is, this is something that has been drilled into me since I was a kid. So had graphic novel histories been available to us, I am frightened to say that like seventh grade Caroline probably would have read Kent State. Yeah. Like probably would have read something like that because it just makes, yeah, like you said, it makes it so much more real yeah. and so much more tangible when you can see it right in front of you. Yeah. And I think adult histories that are not graphic novels do a really good job of including pictures that, that do that, but for obvious reasons and for good reasons, we shy away from that for kids because yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, there were times where I, I had to like, I looked, I read the, like I read the text really quick, looked at the picture really quick, and then we like had to like back out of Hoopla. It was uh, just like, whoo, wow, ooh. Yeah. And I'd go back and be like, my gosh, he really... He drew that. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Could you so, imagine? Oh my goodness. Yeah, really interesting book. <sighs> okay, so my. Okay, so this is. I, I feel like I'm picking all like origin stories of like, you know, comic book characters. <laughs> uh, but Harleen, this is a new one. I saw this on the Goodreads. I think it won the Goodreads Award. Oh, nice. It was on the list. Uh, but it's Harleen by. I'm going to. I hope this name's right. Uh, Stepchen Sedgik. Um. Okay, so it's basically the origin story of Dr. Harleen Quinzel, Harley Quinn. Um, so, oh, I just think there is a, it, maybe it's like in the last five or ten years, or I guess where maybe superhero stories are l- more about, less about like the action and more about like, what is this person like? Like, mm-hmm. what drives a person like Dr. Harleen Quinzel, a, a brilliant like scientist, uh, you know, top of her class like all of this like what drives a person like that to eventually become the partner of the joker and you know a like a a, i mean a murderer yeah (laughs) a violent murderer it's incredibly fascinating um it really if, if you're interested in if you're interested in superhero stuff for sure check it out but if you're interested just in like delving into a person's mind and the psychology of like um, what makes them become this way? Because also it kind of functions. Uh, the the uh, graphic novel also functions as like a um, an origin story for Two Face. Ooh, okay. So he kind of gets you know his deal happens and he becomes Two Face and it's you know so it's like kind of mirrors like okay so an event can happen that could just like change your opinion and like make you do things you never would have thought yeah. that you ever would do. Um, it's so, it's very brutal, very violent in a lot of places, but it is an incredibly fascinating. I was just riveted by this, just like, wow, this is wild. And it seems so, I mean, you're dealing with the Joker and like, but it's in Batman, you know, but it seems so believable mm-hmm. and just written incredibly well. Um, I would highly recommend it. Did you see Birds of Prey? Yes. I, yes, that, yes, yes. And I think we talked about this referencing all kinds of podcasts so i hope you're listening to the other ones we talked about this a little bit in our marvel podcast where like marvel did a really great job of fleshing out characters and really developing them enough for you to care about them and birds of prey i mean i already liked harley quinn because she's sassy and i like margot robbie and birds of prey made me like fall in love with, with harley quinn and margot robbie's depiction of harley quinn and i just was like she is such a cool villain yes and like, right. and I, that's exactly what something I would want to read is like, what happened here to make right. this person like that? 
Right. And they're still good, like just like Birds of Prey. It's like they're still good there. Like it's so morally ambiguous mm-hmm. in certain, like morality is so gray in so many instances. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah. Ugh. Birds of Prey is an incredible movie too. It's such a good movie. Oh <laughs> my gosh. The day that that came out, I was like, we gotta go get that. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> okay, my last one. Oh, this was such a good graphic novel, but so tough to read. So again, like major content warning on this one. Also by Durf Back Durf, um, my friend Dahmer. Oh, I didn't know it was the same author. It okay. is the same Ooh, author. And okay. he actually, he's written another graphic novel too that's also available on Hoopla, but I did not review it because I haven't read it yet. But I have to imagine that it's awesome because these two were so good. So this, and it's funny because I read these in order. So I read Kent State and then I read my friend Dahmer. And so in Kent State, um, Durf is like preteen, maybe like between eight and 12 and in this one, he's in high school, and he happened to go to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, my gosh. But at the time, he was just Jeff. Like, he was just this kind of quirky, weird guy that went to high school with them. And they were – it's funny because I've heard – and I haven't watched the Netflix show yet, but this is a Netflix show. And I've heard that it depicts it a little more that, like, he was really friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. He talks about it in the book that, like – they were, mm, like, passing acquaintances at best. Okay. Um, but, like, just some really freaky stuff, having been, like, on the outside of watching Jeffrey Dahmer become the person that he is, was. I mean, he's, you know, he's dead now. But, so he's, this is not a book for the faint of heart, for the weak of stomach. Like, there was a point where I, again, like, had to back out and, like, just choke it down real quick. Like, oh, this was real, real, real weird, real freaky. Um, if you love animals, this is a hard read. Um, but Jeffrey Dahmer did some weird stuff before he was caught being the serial killer that he turned out to be. Um, but it's another book that dives into a little bit of morality and a little bit of struggle. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer... From Durf Back Durf's depiction, um, I've never read really any history about Jeffrey Dahmer, um, so I'm, I can't know for certain that this is something that's covered very widely in other books about Jeffrey Dahmer, but um, Durf Back Durf talks about his struggle with his sexuality. And this was like the 70s or 80s, so okay. this was something that like he really struggled with. His family was struggling. Um, his parents were getting separated. Uh, at one point, Jeffrey Dahmer's mom is just like, I'm moving, I'm taking your siblings, and I'm leaving. I don't want to be here anymore, but this is your senior year of high school, so do whatever you want. And Jeffrey Dahmer lives in his house by himself, oh, like wow. a senior in high school, like a teenager, just like living by himself, has like no family, nobody to support him, just all alone. So there's times where you're like, oh, I want to empathize for this person a little bit, but I know who they are. Right. I know who this person is. And it was it was a weird book. And they talk later about how, Durf Back Durf talks later about how they go, they go off to college. Like he and his friend Grubel kind of go their separate ways. And they don't really hear from Jeff. They don't really know anything about like what's happened to him. They see each other, or they, like, kind of, you know, kind of ask each other, like, oh, have you heard from Jeff? How's Jeff? Oh, I don't know. And then a couple years later, they meet as adults, and he's been arrested. And they come out on TV to say, like, hey, like, you know, 
local local person's been arrested in the murder and they're like oh my gosh it's jeff and they all call each other and they're kind of just like how could we not have known but also we totally knew that like if anybody we knew was going to turn out this way it would have been jeffrey dahmer wow it is so good such a good graphic novel but again like real real weird stuff like just like actually Oh, this was the craziest part of the book, and I almost don't even want to say it, but I have to. Um, one of the friends, not Durf Back Durf, but someone in their friend group, sees Jeffrey Dahmer, like, hitchhiking on the side of the road one night, and is like, hey, Jeff, like, how's it going? I haven't seen you since high school. Like, do you need a ride home? What are you doing? And he was like, yeah, I could use a ride home. Gives him a ride home, pulls him into his driveway, is like, well, it's good to see you, man. Not knowing that Jeffrey Dahmer's car is parked in the driveway with somebody he murdered in the backseat of the car. I was like, whoa, how could you like, like knowing that later, you'd just be like, what? Oh, that gives me chills just thinking about it. It was, it was such a good graphic novel. So if you are interested in like serial killers and dark, very dark matter, like this is dark material, I would pick it up. It's cool. Or if you've ever watched the Netflix show, I feel like this is probably probably a little bit more graphic than the the t- TV show because I, I don't know I haven't watched the TV show but from what I've gotten from seeing like previews and commercials it's, I don't think it's very graphic okay. so yeah that was weird Ooh, that's wild that, that gave me that, for real gave me chills it was like could you imagine like looking back on all these things and picking like oh yeah what about this Comment seemingly innocuous slash a little odd at the time. Yeah. And just like, oh no, he was serious or something. That was one of the stories that Durf Back Durf tells. He um he and a group of their friends called themselves the Jeffrey Dahmer fan club. Which now looking back is like, oh, oh, oh goodness, oh no, don't do don't say that. <laughs> um and the Jeffrey Dahmer fan club uh collects donations from friends. Um, because they are convinced that if they pay Jeff, he will go do something goofy in the mall. He's like always doing these weird, like spastic kind of like, like will scream in class or like flail his arms in class. And so they're like, we know that if we get enough money and give it to Jeff, he'll do something weird in the mall. So they all go to the mall one day. They give Jeff like $40, which I was like, $40. (laughs) Forty dollars to do something ridiculous in the mall. Okay, they give Jeffrey Dahmer forty dollars, and he like runs up and down the mall, like waving his arms and screaming and like bumping into people and just like having what appears to be like a fit. And they're all kind of laughing, and Durf Back Durf is like, "Ha ha ha! Yeah, this is really funny." And then as it goes on and on, he's like, "Oh gosh, this is really weird. Why did we do this?" Like. Starts to get kind of kind of uncomfortable. Starts to think like, is it wrong? Like, is it wrong to pay someone to make a fool of themselves in public? And like, what is he doing? Like, what is Jeff doing? Why is he doing this for forty dollars? It's one of those moments where he's just kind of like, oh, I don't think that this is right. I think there's something weird about this guy. So then you know, like, all these years later, he turns out to be a serial killer. And what? Like, do you recall wow. that moment at the mall? Do you think right. like, oh gosh, that's where I should have known that this guy was gonna crack? Wow. So good. That's wild. I'm gonna Such have to read both of those. Oh, crazy. Ugh. Real good. Is it? Is one more? Do I have one more? Do you have one more? Uh, do I? I do. Oh yay! Let's I have not one end. More. It, let's not end it on Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <Dumber. laughs> 
Uh, although this one features a lot of a uh, lot of murdering as well. Um, okay, I don't even know if I can fully recommend this entire series because it starts out very strong, but the last couple books I was just like, what is happening? It's the Preacher series by Garth Ennis. Oh, is that a show on AMC? It is. Okay. Yeah. So I think I haven't watched a lot of the show. I think the first season is relatively faithful, and then they kind of like go off and do their own thing, which I like thinking of certain scenes in the series, I'm like, I don't know how you could adapt that oh, on an gosh. AMC, like much oh, less no. HBO. Like, um, so essentially, the Preacher series is about a preacher or a former preacher who some things happened in his life, and essentially he is like, what's a good way to describe it? He merges with this being, I'm putting that in quotes because you don't exactly know at the time what it is, and the being is at the, uh, uh, it's a spiritual force called Genesis. Okay. So essentially, Preacher has a gift or um, like, it's like magic. It's called the word. He can say things and the text like always changes and like the text box changes. And whatever he tells you to do, you have to do it. Oh. So like, and he has like a, a lot of like funky powers and essentially it's, it is very, um, it, it borders the line between good taste and whoa are you serious i don't know how to think of better words than that extremely graphic extremely adult but also like fascinating in a way and if you're looking for something just to like i guess entertain you or at least keep you being like wow that's wild oh that's wild (laughs) wow that's wild and it just continues to escalate this is the series for you um you get to about book three or four and it feels like like Garth Ennis just kind of ran out of like, well, I've done some of the most ridiculous things imaginable in this book up until this point. Yeah. So what do I do now? So they, but a lot of good characters. Um, no one is particularly likable. They're all kind of terrible in their own ways. But you know, it's a. Be- I think that there is. It's kind of like what we're talking about. Like, is there like good in this person, or right. is this person irredeemable? They do all these horrific things probably irredeemable pretty terrible um but in preacher i think at least a couple of the characters might be redeemable Maybe. i'm gonna do it in that voice because i <laughs> i don't know um but yeah uh, it's wild if you want a wild ride and you want something that is pretty high octane that is definitely the one that's uh, yeah that sounds pretty royal oof. But it brings up a good point. Like when you, yeah, when you're like constantly on a 10 or like a 12 and you're super high octane all the time, like do you run out of steam eventually? Right. Where do you go? Yeah. When you've done like the most ridiculous thing, like that's when you have to start to get a little like kind of sci-fi with it. Right. Because you can't, how do you get more ridiculous and keep it on this plane? <laughs> right. In this timeline. <laughs> and then you have it like you go to a 12 and then there's like, okay, well, where do you go from here? So you go down to like a four and you're like giving like character development finally after four books. Right. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not selling this one well. Sure. Um, I, it, it's, it's an iffy, like definitely read it, but it's relatively offensive in a lot of ways. Um very violent, but if you're all right with that kind of stuff, jump you're in. You're all in. It's like The Walking Dead. You can read it up until a yes. point, and then you can just walk away. That's right. And I, I walked away, and I'm none the wiser. Yeah, I don't that's... care. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, this started off very wholesome. And not <laughs> really <devolved>. weird. <laughs> 
So hopefully you found a graphic novel in there that you can enjoy or at least um, cringe over, I yeah, guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. D- digest. D- uh, thank you. <laughs> How do we follow up from uh, Preacher and Jeffrey Dahmer? Um, where do you go? Where do you go from here? <laughs> well, we hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, that this did not scar you. Um, Hoopla, once again, Hoopla, really, really great resource for graphic novels, audiobooks, ebooks, um, just really a very well rounded uh, app. I think what you get 15 a month and no late fees. No or, late fees. Which we don't have them anymore, anyways. That's true. But no holds. it's still awesome. No holds, yes. If you see it there, oh, you yeah. can get it immediately. We should touch on that. Yes, Hoopla, <laughs> no holds. So if you see something in the catalog and you want it, you don't have to wait for it. So if I've done this many times where I'll be on the holds list for something here at the yep. library or on the holds list for something on Overdrive and it's taking forever. And then I check Hoopla and magically it's there it's with there. no holds and I can just have it right that very moment. For sure. And that's my favorite part. I like that. Yes, me too. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions about Hoopla, feel free to reach out to us. Feel free to come into the library. We can talk to you all about it. And hopefully you found one of these graphic novels that you will enjoy or be disturbed by <laughs> who really knows thanks everybody bye. bye thank you for listening to shelf logic make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends follow us on social media where we are at mcldaz 